welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. We upload a brand new podcast every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, episode number, can you believe it, 94. Wow, we're getting so close to that 100 number. All right, today on the podcast, we have a new crew today, fairly new crew. We got our marketing director, uh, Mr. Matt Hager, along with our newest and probably brightest financial advisor, Eli Freeman, and myself, Mike Frost. And here we're here, episode 94, and we're talking about generations. We've got three different generation groups on the podcast today, and we're going to talk about some of the challenges in each of the generations as far as it comes to investing, and then we're going to add some potential solutions. So you want to pay attention to that. All right. So, Eli, you're in which generation? The Generation Z. Generation Z, which, depending on wherever you look for the information, is between 10 and 25 years old. Uh, Mr. Hager, you're in what generation? I am a millennial, although I do not claim millennials. So you're, you're the infamous millennial, ages 26 to 41. Don't, then we have, don't millennials not like titles, Mike? Uh, you'd have to ask the millennial. Then Generation X comes next, 42 to 57. Then my generation, the Baby Boomers, 58 to 73. And then we have the Silent Generation, 74 to 91. And then the Greatest Generation of All, 92 to 100. All right, we're going to spend a lot of time today about the Boomers because that's what the ages of most of you folks that are listening are. But you may have a child or a grandchild that falls into some of these other categories. Okay, guys, so let's just talk, start talking about the Let's start off with the baby boomers. All right. So what do we know about baby boomers? Well, they're, they're, to start off, it was it was 58 to 73. So you're looking at the, the period of your life where either your kids are in college, maybe they're they're completely out of the house, maybe they've graduated college, and now, now you're getting close to retirement. So you're you're making a transition in your life. There's there's a lot of things changing, but there's a lot of challenges. And, and I can identify to that because at this age, you're you're staring retirement in the face, and, and just kind of like, what does that thing look like after retirement? And so you're you're thinking about plans. You're worried if you're going to have enough money to live on, and you may still have a kid in college. You may still have one at home. Uh, you may be grazing grandchildren. Um, there's lots of things that are competing uh, for your dollars. Mm-hmm. Do you do you want to buy a vacation home? Do you want to actually pay for your children's college or should you invest into your retirement accounts? Those, those are contrasting where one is your money's going away and one is your saving, but you're investing in your children. So that's, that's a hard decision. You got lots of decisions to make. Uh, it, you're probably in the highest tax bracket you've ever been in. You're probably making more money than you've ever made. Uh, if you're planning, working with an advisor, you're thinking about maybe should I do Roth conversions? And in this time, we're talking about, hey, you know, we got Medicare coming up. 
and if I do some things, it could cost me more Medicare um, and things we don't like to think about. I mean, when the kids are gone, you retired, now you're at home with a spouse and you guys hadn't spent a whole lot of time together. This thing called gray divorce is a real thing. So there's lots going on during this generation. And there's a, there's a mindset shift that has to happen, especially once you're retired, where all your life you've been in accumulation. You're, you're accumulating your assets up to a point, and now you're at where you're still accumulating, but you're, you're most likely going to be taking some distributions. Well, and when you build that muscle for accumulating, you save, 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 and that muscle's come pretty strong. And like you said, Eli, when it comes to, okay, now I need to go to spending, uh, we often see it, man, people have a hard time spending out of their assets because, you know, I built this nest egg up and I really don't want to see it go down. But that's what you built it up for. So, okay. All right. So that's boomers. That's some of the challenges we boomers have. We're going to get to some solutions a little bit later. Uh, so let's talk about the next generation down. That would be Gen X. That's ages, what did we say? Gen X 42 to 57. So what are some of their challenges, Eli? Well, this is the most expensive time in someone's life. Your, your kids are in middle school, high school. You, they're all still in the house. They have sports. They have activities. You want to take family vacations. If you want to do anything in the summers, if you want to go to the lake and, and buy a boat, well, this is going to be the most expensive time in your life. So that, that's number one challenge. Well, and a couple other things, too. How much debt do you have at that point? You could still have some student loan debt. You may be signing for debt for your own kid's college. Uh, and this thing about uh, keeping up with the Joneses. You know, Sally next door got a new vehicle. Maybe we should get one. Oh, can we afford it? Well, you know, it's just a seven-year loan at $700 a month. Yeah, I guess we could do that. But what's that doing to your future? So you got competing priorities going on. Um, do I pay for the kid's college or do they pay for it on their own? All of this is you're, you're dealing with. And we're, again, we're going to give you some solutions uh, here at the end. All right, now we're into Mr. Hager's uh, neighborhood, being a millennial. He loves that title. So, Matt, what are some things that people in your age group have to deal with? Well, there's kind of a lot because in your 20s and 30s, you know, you are, there's a lot of changes that are happening. You get married, uh, you are, have either had kids or are talking about having kids. Uh, so there's a lot of expenses right there. I mean, you've gone from just caring about yourself to caring to for other people. Uh, so you've got that. You you know you're at a stage in your life where you're probably buying your first house. We actually just bought our second house, but I'm on the upper end of the millennial spectrum there. So you know just a lot of uh, really trying to build credit. You're you're just at a point where you're really just trying to build your financial base to prepare yourself for your later years. And so you're a good role model for Eli. He's, he's looking at you and what to aspire to as he gets into that age group. Uh, I have a son that is in this group and, and a, a daughter as well. And, you know, what kind of jobs do you have, like you said? Uh, do I buy a house or do I rent a house? Which one's the smartest thing for me to do? But oftentimes we see folks in this age group that carry a ton of debt, whether it's student loan debt, credit card debt, car debt, you know, whatever it is. And, and that really hampers them from succeeding financially. So uh, if you have children or grandchildren getting into this area, man, having a discussion to, with them about getting out of debt and staying out of debt, I tell you, will pay dividends long-term. Eli, what, you have anything to add to that? Well, and just taking into account all of these decisions that you guys are talking about for the millennials, there are a lot of different 
things vying for millennials' attention. There's, there's children, marriage, new jobs, new houses. All of that is vying for attention. And what does that cause? That causes decision fatigue. And they just get tired of, of making decisions that they need to make and put off really some important ones like, like investing. They may get into some analysis paralysis, trying to choose the, the best decision for them at the time. And, and really, they just need to start taking action. And, and I have an example. My daughter, uh, she's full-time nurse practitioner. She's got two little boys. Husband works. And she's in this area. When it, we start talking about her, Dad, I just don't even think about it. Uh, when we talk about you want, where do we want to go to eat, I don't want to make that decision. So decision fatigue is real, uh, but not making the decision is a decision. And, and if you don't consciously make good decisions, like how much are you going to put in your 401K? How, where are you going to invest it in the 401K? Uh, you know, we see people around here that maybe in their 50s and 60s that simply never put anything in a 401K. And, man, you can't go backwards and get that. They missed all that free match, that free money. So you got to have these discussions. And, again, if you're a parent of someone in these age groups, uh, ask those questions. You know, are you investing in your 401K? Are you putting 15% of your income back? Are you paying your debt down? Ask them those questions. Uh, you may be the first person that's talked to them about it. And don't be surprised they roll their eyes and say, oh, mom, dad, leave me alone. Uh, but do it. Do it anyway. It's good. All right. Okay, Eli, we're coming to you now. Gen Z. Uh, so, y'all don't have any challenges. I mean, y'all are young, out of college. I mean, it's, life is good, right? The world is mine. <laughs> no, no. So, really, with Gen Z, and especially for, for our listener base, the things that you should be encouraging Gen Z, people who are graduating high school, people who are going into college, one is, is to actually price shop colleges. Don't just don't just pick a college because well I want to go to that college it's out of state who cares if it's thirty thousand dollars more each year so actually price shop colleges and then the second thing is if they are going to go to college let's let's get a degree that is going to produce income there's there's a lot of different degrees that you can pursue all of them have statistics of of the average annual salary coming out of them let's choose ones let's choose our degree wisely knowing that we're putting a large amount of money into investment in education. And it's going to make us money one day. So, and those are very good points. And again, Eli, you're coming out of college. Uh, you're making some choices. I think you have a big date coming up next month. Is that right? I will be married, and I look today. It's forty days from today. Forty days from today. So you're making all these choices, and these are lifelong choices. I mean, careers, mates, where are you going to live, uh, how close are you going to live to your parents, and things like that. And, and at this point, like you said, picking colleges, price shopping, a student loan, if you go get a student loan, people, yeah, they, they'll hand it to you. They'll be happy to give it to you. But that same person, if they weren't going to college and they went to a bank to get a mortgage, they'd turn them down. But a student loan, you can't bankrupt. So if you get a student loan, you're going to be married to it because you're going to pay that thing off or they're going to take it from your Social Security. So, again, parents and grandparents, you have – kids, grandkids that are going to college and they're all they're talking about is student loans, please sit them down and make sure they understand the full long-term implications of those. And, and like you were saying, Eli, if you're going to get a college degree, if you're going to go to college and you're going to borrow money, again, we don't necessarily like that, make sure if you're going to get a degree and borrow money, that degree is going to get you a job that's going to pay at least a one-year salary that covers your student loans. 
For example, if you want to get student loans of $50,000, that first year salary should be at least $50,000. We see it too often, people come in here with $150,000, $200,000 student loan debt and making $30,000 a year. Well, you never pay it back. So you got to be conscious of that. Nobody tells you that when you first start college. But here at the Mach 1 market moment, we're going to tell you. And as a side note, it can't be bankrupt. You cannot bankrupt it. They will take your Social Security to pay your student loan off. A lot of people don't know that. Okay, we, we skipped over the silent and the greatest generations. That's about 8% of the total. Uh, you're really thinking about legacies. Like, what am I going to do? What am I going to leave? Whether it be financial, information, how am I going to leave a legacy? And then you're setting up your final arrangements, which absolutely should be done. All right, let's get to some solutions. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of problems. Mike. That was a lot of problems. All right, so now we ended with the Gen Z's. With the challenges, let's start off with Gen Z's. We've kind of talked about it already, but what are some of the solutions? Choose a degree that gives you income. I already said it, but it's worth repeating. Graduate debt-free if possible. So work your way through college. if Whatever way you can, graduate debt-free. And then be choosy with the woman or the man that you're going to marry. That's going to impact your finances for years and years to come. And we're talking about college here, and, and we highly recommend in-state colleges. They're about a third of what out-of-state colleges cost. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with trade schools. Uh, we need tradesmen. If you've ever called a plumber, electrician recently, you know those people, they charge a lot. So, hey, if college is not for your child or grandchild, there's nothing wrong with that. Get them a good trade, earn a good living, and, and they are making good livings. And they stay away from student loans, too. So, all right, so that's you Gen Z's. Millennials, Matt, what do you recommend that millennials do for solutions? Well, I think one of the biggest ones is debt. I can tell you from personal experience that uh, I had a goal early on that I wasn't going to be in credit card debt because that's one of the easiest things to to get locked into. Uh, When I got married, we had a combined credit card debt of several thousand, and we immediately put a plan in place to try to chip away at that. And it took a while, but We did, and we don't have any credit card debt right now. So if we have a big expense or we have something major that comes along, we can kind of eat that debt. You know, like we can be in debt for something for a little while because we paved our way to be able to do that. Another big thing is is budgeting. It's it's really easy to kind of let your finances get away from you, especially in your 20s and 30s. Uh, It's really important just to you know, be realistic with the with the what you're bringing in in terms of income and what you can spend and what you can afford, uh, especially when you get into I found that when you get into your 30s, it's really easy to uh, start paying attention to what other people your age have, uh, what kind of cars they have, what kind of houses they have. And, you know, because some people, you know, um, if, some people you may know pretty well, I mean, they they may have just picked a career that pays more than yours. You know, they may have just picked something that was a little more lucrative and they can afford those things and you can't right now. And that's fine. You know, don't, don't overspend. Well, and Matt, and you know it too. And we see it as advisors that just because they have that house or that car doesn't mean they're winning. It just could mean they're in higher debt. Uh, And statistic I read recently that, you know, three out of 10 houses on any neighborhood are in or near foreclosure. So just because they're living there doesn't mean they have money. It just means they could be in real deep debt. And you mentioned debt. And at this point in time, you, you got to focus to get out of debt because debt will steal your future from you because you're paying someone else interest versus you being able to get that interest by investing. 
So if, if you're worried about what the Joneses are driving, don't. Don't keep up with the Joneses because the Joneses are probably broke. Okay? So just, just stay away from that, that part of it and get out of debt and stay out of debt if possible. And, Eli, you mentioned another focus they should have. And just as a, a simple solution, for millennials, you're, you're trying to figure out your budget, your expenses. The way that you can do this as simply as possible is as soon as you get your income, 10% of it, if, if you choose to, should go to giving. And then the next percentage that you allocate, we generally say around 15%, should go to investments. And then you create your budget, all of your expenses based off of the rest. And we have stats to show you if you do 15% of your income into some kind of tax-favored account for retirement, you will retire comfortably. 15%, that's it. Not 18, not 10, but 15% of you. Don't count your company match. And during this period of time, you are starting to kick off into your career. You kind of got a good idea of what you're doing. You may be in your first or second, third job. And now you really need to focus on how can I make this pay off? You know, work hard, get those promotions. And when you get those promotions, don't let lifestyle creep come into play. You, I make a joke that people celebrate a $100 a month promotion getting a $300 a month car payment. Uh, that's not helpful. Okay, how about Gen X? What's next? Gen X has some of the same opportunities or solutions as millennials do. We don't want that lifestyle creep keep creeping in because now you're starting to make some good significant money. You've got kids that are growing up. Hopefully you've paid down your debt, maybe not all of your mortgage yet, but got rid of your car debt, got rid of your credit card debt, hopefully out of student loan debt. And then you got to start thinking about retirement. Now, if you've got kids getting ready to go off to college, you need to sit down and have a conversation with them. Can you afford to send them to Duke or to – Baylor or some of these schools that charge sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year, or should they be going to uh, NWAC where it may be six thousand dollars a year? You got to be upfront with them and tell them, "Look, Sally, I know you're brilliant, but mom and dad can only help with this much. So let's let's, let's make sure we level set our expectations." And, and that I would go back to the millennials too. Uh, that communication during this time is key. You and your spouse, if that's the case, y'all got to be on the same page. On the same page with money on everything. Money is usually the biggest issue in a marriage. I've read a stat that was like 90 plus percent of marriage issues are surrounded by money. If you can get that handled, surely you can handle the other 10 percent. All right, any feedback for the, uh, what are we talking about now, the Gen Xers? And one of the things that's going to be really important for Gen Xers is as you do receive those salary bonuses, your, your income is starting to get to a point if, if you are receiving the increases, your salary gets to a point where you start feeling a little bit more comfortable and you think, well, I can, I can go out and start spending a little bit more. Well, that's what we call lifestyle creep. And we really don't want in that, in that age period to, to take on lifestyle creep because that will just take away all of your savings. You can't invest because you're spending more on things that you probably wouldn't have spent on if you didn't have a little bit more salary coming in. It's almost just wasted money. Good point, Eli. All right, now come on to baby boomers. Here we are. Here we are, between 58 and 73 years old. I'm right there. I'm 62 years old as of today. So what do we need to be focused on? Well, what's your future going to look like? You're staring retirement in the face. What's that going to look like? Do I have enough? Do you have a plan? Do you have an income plan? Uh, are, are your assets downside protected? Uh, do you have an income and an expense plan? Hey, you can't have an, a plan for retirement if you have no idea what you're spending. 
And so how do you figure out how much you're spending, Eli? Budget. Budget. I mean, <laughs> we, we said budget all along here, and that, that comes with communication. you got to talk about it. you got to have a budget. And with, with this from the boomer, so you're, you're finally reaching a stage as you, as you approach 65, 70, somewhere in there, that you are going to be retiring. And that's a big mindset shift. We touched on it a little bit, but you, you've gone from when, if you are in the age group of Gen Z, you were a millennial age group, you weren't a millennial or Gen Z, but when you were at that age group, you were just accumulating and you were putting assets away. Now we need to start looking at what is a safe way to plan for a long-term retirement. And that, that's a big change. And retirement doesn't mean stop work, sit in the rocking chair and just die. Uh, the key for retirement from the, the books that I've read and the people we've talked to is you got to have a purpose. When I, when I leave this thing, what am I going to go do? It's not what you retire from, it's what you retire to. And if you don't have a purpose, then you may not have a very peaceful retirement. So be thinking about that. What is it you're going to get up and go do on a Monday morning after you're retired? So for the boomers, it's imperative that they have a plan got to have a plan, got to have a spending plan, an income plan, and what am I going to get up and go do plan? All right. So, and this is the time that you're probably maxing out your income. You are at the top of your income earning years, and you got to know that may not continue into retirement. So you, you may have to adjust your lifestyle. Maybe, maybe not, depending on how big a nest egg you've, you've accumulated. Okay. Now we're down to the silent and the greatest generation. What, what are they doing? Well, they're, they're looking at leaving a legacy, like, like we spoke about earlier. So that how, how does that look? It's going to look different for each individual. So you, you have different types of legacy. You have your spiritual legacy. You have your familial legacy. But, but in our industry, the things that we're looking at, one is going to be funeral arrangements, making sure that your family doesn't have to take on that responsibility, and then legacy planning. How much do you realistically want or are able to give to the next generation of your family or friends? And those are so important. Um, I think I've shared on this podcast before, my mom passed away suddenly. And within two hours, we were at the funeral home picking out stuff. Absolutely nothing was planned. That's no ding on my parents, but they just didn't plan anything. And, and that is a terrible place to put your family. So if, if you're a boomer or later, I highly recommend you visit a funeral home, walk in. In the state of Arkansas, it's a law. They're, they're supposed to give you a price list and pre-plan your funeral. Pick out your casket if that's what you want, or your urn, or whatever it is, cremated or buried. Whatever it is you want, you decide. Have them put in a folder. Let your kids know, hey, when I'm gone, go to such and such place. They've got it all laid out. And it takes all the stress off your family. So I highly recommend that for folks. And another thing in this during this time, Eli and Matt, is, you know, you may be looking at your portfolio and say, wow, you know, i got this, and maybe I could do a little bit more than I thought I could. I, it's key that you don't move the goalpost. Once you set your goal, this is what I want to do, and now that you've amassed a good nest egg, don't change that because it may change some other things. So make sure we don't move the goalpost at this point near or in retirement. Because once you reach that goalpost, you, say you, you needed $2 million to retire, and your plan says that that works. Well, then you've reached your highest form of wealth, which is freedom. You have the freedom to work. You have the freedom to live. You can do what you need to do, and you have freedom, which is the highest form of wealth. Uh, and that's what, you know, the retirees we have coming here, 
they, they all have smiles on their faces. And I always ask them, says, well, do you think you should have worked longer? And I get a real quick answer, no. So if you're getting in or near retirement and you've got all the planning done, uh, then you should do it. And if you hadn't had the planning done, you should come visit someone like a, us, a fiduciary financial advisor, and let's create that plan for you. Because, again, if you don't know what you're spending now while you're working, that's going to be a disaster in retirement. You've got to know what you're spending so we know what the income can be. Okay. Well, folks, this has been Episode 94, and now we always like to end with a thought of the day. This is from C.S. Lewis, and C.S. Lewis says, You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. And that's what our hope is for you today. If you don't like where you're heading, we can help you develop a plan. Okay, folks. Well, thanks for joining us here on the Generation Podcast today. Uh, number 94 here at Mach 1. And we look forward to you joining us on episode 95 on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mock-1financial.com slash disclosures.